Hello, welcome to episode 297 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Good evening, sir. Hello, Colin. On a lovely Friday night. It is, actually. Well, do you know what? It looks lovely, but deceptively, because when you step outside, it's a wee bit chilly. It's fucking freezing, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie to you. For the beginning of May, it's goddamn cold. I know. It's, um, I've, I've still been, I've got my vest and all that on, I've got a big fleecy on, and I've got my shirt underneath that, so yeah, it's bloody cold. I've there, still got the fire roaring this now. The fire is still burning away in our house, so I've normally, we've stopped this normally by this time of year, but it's still going. It's, still... it's, it's that wind, dude. It's that Scottish the wind. wind does just through you. Oh, it's, it's horrible. So yeah, um, it, it does look nice. So if you're looking out the window, it looks... It looks yes. almost. And, but I live in the hills, Colin. So the wind's always there, so it's it's constantly windy. You, you, you're probably closer to fucking Iceland than you are to Glasgow, so. <laughs> And further south than you. I'm literally further south than you. <laughs> but you're in the middle of nowhere. It's like I'm middle of nowhere. Yes. It's like surrounded by trees and forests. It's like fucking Hobbiton. Yeah, well, Hobbiton. Oh, like you shit! Hobbiton like at times. Um, anyway, Colin, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking Corona, sir. I'm, I'm playing it safe. I've, I've been having lots of alcohol this week, so I'm deciding to have one wee Corona to just not eat into Friday. <laughs> yes, that's that. So nothing, nothing exciting. Um, so you can steal the beer. Go on, if you got. Yeah, it may not particularly exciting. It's um, the Shipyard Pale Ale, American Pale Ale. Mm. Sure, I've had this many times before. Um, that's a nice beer, though. It goes down. It's very the... generic. It's nice for like a, a nice. It's nice for like a, a nice night. If that makes yeah. sense, you know, it's it's very light. It's only four point five percent, and it's it's very it's very unglamorous, but in the same way, very enjoyable. It's drinkable, yeah. yeah it just yeah, it's, it's down very easy. There's no nastiness to it. It's just a, a nice clean drink. It's a barbecue drink, I think. Yeah. You can drink a lot of them and not feel too bad, I don't think. You could Yeah. So it's you know, like Corona as well. You can throw Corona back on eight and you're Exactly, exactly. So I'm just having this tonight. I've only got one, so that'll be my, my one beer tonight. Well, you've outbeard me, sir, well done. That's good. I, I didn't do I, I went to the, the, the local Tesco you could try and pick a beer and was, Tesco's actually got a really good variety of beers you could buy. Mm. And just everything was I felt a wee bit like overawed by everything. Asda's not bad as well. It's because craft beers are a bit more kind of popular now. They do tend to care yeah. to, to, to beer wanks all over Britain. So yeah, it's I'm not surprised, but it was like it wasn't so much that, that they had them, it was more just like the sheer volume of like choice. And this is not even the big test, it was a wee Tesco, is that? Do you know what I yeah. Big ones are huge. Big ones like a like a full craft beer shop essentially. But they are expensive though. Aren't they? Even Tesco's expensive for the kind of craft beers and stuff as well. They know that they know people are going to buy it, so it's one eighty a bottle. Yeah, shipyard, but then when you start to look at stuff like Desperados and all that, it's a bit more expensive. Some I mean I was it wasn't some of the bottles were like three one of the bottles was like four pound fifty for a bottle. I'm like well, we're not having that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Um I, I don't know, I think anything more than I am kinda of like you, Jim, I mean like kind of, Watching two fifty, maybe three pound if it's a bigger bottle. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. kind of two pound, two fifty, more than that, and I start to get a bit. I'm not paying that. Maybe something really special. Yeah, yeah. For example, how much is my how much is my Buddha beer going to cost when you buy it? That was one ninety a bottle. Okay, that's so I can get five of them for a tenner. That's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I was yeah. surprised. I thought it was going to be because it's a dead days. I was like, that's going to be a dead expensive beer, and it's like one ninety. I was like, oh. So, um, yeah. You're gonna pick some of them up for me soon. I will get. I'm awaiting your instructions, sir. Um, I'm awesome. awaiting the mission briefing, and I'll 
Yeah, you'll go. <laughs> um, so, Colin, let's, let's get into what we're watching. Have you watched anything of interest at home this week? Something, something um, no, no. Um, I've had a, a very busy week and it's, it's kind of stopped me from watching much at all. I've watched a few more episodes of Barry. Um, okay. Which I really enjoy. It's getting better. It's one of those ones that it, when it finishes, you, you want to see the next one. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're like, let's watch one more, and you end up sitting watching three or four of them. Easy. Do you know what I mean? Back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got that, just draws you in. It kind of, you know, everyone ends on a, you're like, oh the shit. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, oh, I know shit moment. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, right, I've got to watch the next one. So it's, it's, really, it's really good. The second season is. I think it's kind of found where it is now. It's kind of found mm. that nice, comfortable. We know exactly what we're doing now, and it's you know it's just moving along, picking up the kind of characters and stuff like that. So that's it's doing good. Um, I watched that, and not much else. I'm afraid on TV. Um, so yeah, that's me. Barry. Yeah, the only thing I've watched on TV this week, um, I've started watching the second season of Sweet Tooth. Oh, how's it holding up? It's good, very enjoyable. You're back in it, which is nice. Um, you're, you're I don't know who that guy is, but he's very like you. It's very <laughs> creepy. Um, story's a little less linear in the terms. Of, it's, it's sort of like, did you watch the first season? Yeah, yeah. First season is basically let's go find your mum. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This season kind of expands on that a little bit, but it brings in more elements, so it's a little bit more um, sort of scattergun with it. It's sort of like so, like the. The main characters aren't together for big chunks of it. Right. So okay. It so you've got there was multiple storylines in the first season, but there was a main thread with sort of like yeah. the main, and there was like kind of wee offshoot stories. This one almost feels like equal billing to all three stories in each episode. Following it, though, so, is it easy enough to you still kind of you know? Yeah, still follow we it. We are just, all times, yeah. Yeah. But just a little bit different from the first season. I thought it's just sort of a bit um, um, different, but I'm still enjoying it, and I've I've got the full graphic novel series there sitting on my shelf so that'll be my summer read this year I think I'm going to sit and read the full of Sweet Tooth How many episodes in are you in the second season? I'm two in but I think there's eight altogether this season right. so I'm two okay, in so Early days so I'll, I'll get a wee weekly update from you on, on Sweet Tooth <coughs> Trying to watch a few more this week yeah but I, I've not very much enjoyed it and it's very sweet and very charming yeah. and there's a lot of, there's a lot of cute little cute animal children that are making it they are kids, we animals, and they're like, oh, wee hedgehog. Oh, God, right. Yeah, we go for a wee jacket and everything. I mean, who, who does ever go for a jacket? Is that the one that can talk at the end of the last one? That no, he can't talk. Can he not? Right, okay. Cool. I remember the go for a jacket because he popped up in the season finale, didn't he? Yes, he did, yeah. God, that's adorable. Yeah, of course it was. It is very adorable. Very, very, it was Baby Yoda. It was a prototype Baby Yoda, essentially. <laughs> talk to um, so, so I've been watching that, um, but that's pretty much it. Not really caught anything old at the cinema because I've been busy watching new stuff. Hmm. Um, you went and seen a very old film at the cinema, Colin. What did you go and see at the cinema this I week? I went to see Return of the Jedi in the cinema. Was it Return of the Jedi original or Return of the Jedi remastered? It was the remastered one. Um, okay. What's different than the remastered one? Oh, it's got the, the Rebo band, hasn't it? The, yeah, they do, they, they, yeah. they do the whole full singing number. Um, I think Sarlacc's kind of touched up and stuff like that. Yes, so there is, there, right. there is wee bits and bobs um, in it, but... I think I prefer the original version. It's more, I don't know. I don't really uh, remember the original. I, I really remember the remastered versions on VHS. Yeah. Just take yeah. out take out the crazy singing and stuff like that. It makes it a bit more. I don't mind the crazy singing. I quite like it. Yeah. But, um, 40th anniversary, 40 years old. I know, scary. Um, still holds up ridiculously well. Um, special effects, now and again, you can see it a bit. Do you know what I mean? But four practical effects 40 years ago. Back in yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, still... Yeah, definitely. Still remarkable, and obviously they're still trying to replicate that 
now when they're making Star Wars, do you know what I mean, to an extent yeah. as well, and just shows how we all stood up. So I took my kid to see mm-hmm. that, and uh, we both had a really good time watching it. Packed cinema, which was, nice. was always nice to see. Yeah, um, there's all people there. I love people there who love the film, or you know, who like, exactly. It's people, like people who are like my age who have not experienced it in cinema the first time around, and they're looking to, yeah. to have that moment. Yeah, because it's one of those. I mean, I've seen it honestly hundreds of times. You know what I mean, and yeah, you seen the cinema first time round. I did, yeah, yeah. When I was a wee boy, my dad took me. Um, I yeah. don't, I don't, long time ago, so I don't no have memory, of it. memory of it. Um, but yeah, it's just that it's the experience. It's you know, seeing it on the big screen and being with a crowd of people that are, yeah, you're all there for the exact yeah. same reason. Um, and so yeah, you went and seen um, 2001, remember? Yeah, exactly. It's like I want to experience can that on the big, big, big screen. Yeah, yeah, big, big, big screen. Yeah, it, it works. But we had um, applause at the end and stuff like that, which Lovely. was. Which was nice, yeah, and to see absolutely not not an empty seat in the whole whole cinema. It was the big screen as well, so it was um, lovely. Was it super yeah. screen or just the big screen? No, just the big one. Um, big one. Fifteen, yeah. So that that was yeah. um, that that was a really nice experience. Um, I was dead. Don't dead. think Han Solo should have died. I think Han Solo thought he should have died. Exactly. Well, that's <laughs> partly was the big thing. Ford wanted to die, didn't he? He was determined uh, to be. Uh, like, going to fucking kill me, and Mr. Lucas um, said, "No, I'm not killing you." Um, only to kill him forty years later. <laughs> you watch it because I've, I've I've watched it not recently, but I mean maybe the last like five or six years I've watched it. But you forget how long it takes to get going. Mm. Oh know? yeah, like yeah. The, the, like the whole bit when they're resting from Jabba's palace that takes a long time. It's not like a wee quick. Oh, that's like, ten minutes, like sort of um, opening. Forty-five like minutes to movie. Minutes. Yeah, long, long yeah. time. Um, you also forget as well that when you're young and you watch it, the Ewoks are. Kind of cute. When you're older and you watch it, they're like, kind of fuck off, Ewoks. Um, you know See, saying? I don't mind Ewoks. I think people's like, idea of like, Ewoks being this, like, sort of like the Jar Jar Binks of that franchise is sort of like, it's like people retroactively really sort of reframe it. I don't think anyone watched that film and didn't like Ewoks at first. Plus, remember, the Ewoks and Jar Jar and the Porgs and all that. It's there for kids. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're it's not a kids there. Film. They're all for yeah, kids. Yeah, exactly. It's not there for you're not the target fucking audience for Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like a thirteen year old kid is so Ewoks uh-huh. and a thirteen year old kid. It's like what's not going to fucking love them? I guess. So any adult who says they hate it when they were kids they loved it. They're just saying oh. they hate it now because they don't like, like it. I think it's just when you're adult you see it for. Do you know what I mean you see? Yeah, that, that's, what it is. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that, that, that's what it is. Um, I don't, I don't hate it. I love the Ewoks. Fucking Ewoks are awesome. And one looks like my dad. Always freaks me out. Every, <laughs> this one, every time I see it, I get this weird... My oh, fucking dad, you know what? <laughs> bizarre. So, so. You want to watch Sweet Tooth and I see you on camera doing really it, mean things? Well, how do you know? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, no, true. Very true. Uh-huh. Very true. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a lovely experience. It, it really, really nice just to have so many people just, you know, with the same mm. passion and love and experiences. At the same time, it was nice. That's lovely. That is nice. I'm, I'm annoyed I don't miss that, but it's something I would have. If I lived where I used to live, it might have been something I would have went to. But where I am now, it's unfortunately not really a. It's not really viable to go into the cinema just to watch an old film. It well, really has to be something. By my reckoning, it was a uh, six or seven years between the first and third film, so you should be getting a new hope doing fifty years in two or three years' time. So. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that well, Star Wars was 77, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. And that was what, what must have been like 83? 83, yeah. yeah. So, Aye, so, yeah. Five, so five, five years. Three, four years, you'll have the 50th anniversary of um, Star Wars. It's crazy, That's isn't it? Scary. That's insane. But we can go and see that together. We'll go. see that together, yeah. We'll go see yeah. that together. We'll do that. Uh, we'll do that. 
I've not seen anything old at cinema yet, Colin, um, that you've seen that I would like to catch up on. So I'll catch up on uh, some of the stuff I have seen instead. Um, you've not seen most of this, so I'll be relatively brief and try and convince you to watch a few things. And then we'll talk about something that you briefly touched on last week. Mm. And I've seen this week now, so we'll, we'll get into it in more depth. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So, first thing I watched this week was on Sky Cinema. It's not made by Sky Cinema. It is only distributed by Sky Cinema. We have to make that. <laughs> I love of God to disclaimer. We've got to make that, that, <laughs> that, that, that dividing line. Um, is, so, it's a film called A Good Person, which is directed by Zach Braff, oh, um, right. who directed um, Garden State um, many years ago, and also Wish I Was Here, and also Going in Style more recently. Um, the plot of this one is there's a, a couple are getting engaged, all very romantic, all very lovely. Then there's an accident, something happens, and then you pick it up a year later after the accident when um, the character's life is essentially spiraled out of control. And because of this accident, the, the, the engagement is broke up. She's in a depression and she's trying to break herself out of that. Um, and basically her life has fell apart. She's trying to deal with it. She's addicted to painkillers. She can't hold down a job. All from this one moment, she's got to try and find a reckoning with this job. At the same time, she starts to become friends with the grandfather of, oh sorry, well, she comes to a friend who is the father of the one of the people that was killed in the accident. And also the granddaughter of someone she would have known. That makes sense. It's like yeah. it's her, her, her ex's niece or something. Yeah, yeah kind of is. So she's trying to um, sort of maintain a relationship with them as well. Um, so it's, it's a quite a, it's an emotionally hitting mm. film. Um, I think you've got Florence Pugh playing the down in the luck, having the problems. Uh, Morgan Freeman plays the grandfather because, of course, Morgan Freeman plays now. Yeah. Um, you've also got a couple of people. Celeste O'Connor plays the, the, the young granddaughter. Um, she was in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't know if you remember that one. And she went Freaky as well. Yeah, I know. No, I got you. Yep. I think she plays a love interest in Ghost, Ghostbusters. She's the one who's um, hooking up with the guy from Stranger Things. Yep. Got yep. you. Yep. Uh, also, Zoe Lester-Jones and Molly Shannon pops up in it as well. So, you know Molly Shannon from... Name it, Isabel. Yep. Name it, yeah. You'll know me, see her. Um, so... <laughs> It's a, it's a weird film. It's not a weird film. It's quite a straight film, to be honest. It's not, it doesn't have too many surprises. It's sort of, the biggest shock is the moment when it all turns. Yeah. It happens within the first like five minutes, and it is generally quite a shocking moment. You can see it coming, but it's still quite a, a shocking moment. Um, first thing to say is, obviously, Zach Braff and Florida Pugh were dating at one point. I think they made this film after they broke up, but he was also writing it with her in mind because... Anna's director has her in mind because he adores her and you can and the camera lingers on her in a way that's almost a little bit fetishy, a little bit kind of creepy at times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think, because I think it's it, not voyeuristic, but it's sort of like he loves Florian Pugh, which is fair enough. We all kind of love Florian Pugh. Yeah. So we all love him on the screen, but you get a real kind of feeling that like Zach Braff is still very much in love with Florian Pugh. <laughs> Even if Florian Pugh is not so much in love with Zach Braff. So yeah. it'll be like... Okay. It, so he's, he, he, he's wanting to make it clear that he loves her very much and make sure every frame of the picture is like perfect for her. Um, she has a little bit Pixie Dream Girl in it, down even down to the haircut, which is Pixie Dream Girl. Um, but because she's Florence Pugh, she pulls it off with a lot more um, like sort of panache and a lot more sort of meaning and feeling than a lot she of... She makes a character of it rather than a of it, yeah. cliche, yeah. Rather yeah. than a cliche and a trope, yeah. she makes something of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but apart from the gut punch start, it's 
it's quite a sentiment, it's quite formulaic drama in that respect. Um, it's quite heavy handed in its dialogue. Like the dialogue is, you know, sometimes about as subtle as a brick to the head. It, there's no sort of nuance with it. It's sort of, if someone's sad, they literally say, I'm very sad. I can't help being very sad. You know, like, okay, so you're sad. We get it. <laughs> we get it. So there's a little bit of the lack of nuance at times with the Which writing. is weird because as much as I'm, I'm like you, I'm not a huge fan of Zach Braff, but the stuff that he's done before, that he can do nuance and he can do he can, dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's quite surprising. Yeah, I think from what I've read, he's dealing with his own trauma. And I think when he's one of his best friends passed away during COVID. Right. And it's sort of, and it's sort of he's looking at the life that he left behind with his family. And like his dealings with and stuff, so I think it does come from a very personal place. You can feel yeah. that. And listening to, I listened to his podcast with um, mm. Donald Faison, the Scrubs one, and he does talk about it at quite great length. So you do get that that great sense about it. Um, Pugh anchors the film in every way because she's Florence Pugh and she's amazing to watch and everything about her is phenomenal right now. Um, <coughs> so it does take sort of like almost TV drama tropes to a greater height. Yeah. Which makes it a lot more watchable than what it would be if it was pretty much anyone else in the role. I can pretty much maybe see her and Jennifer Lawrence That's it, playing yeah. the role. That's pretty much the only thing I could really see in the role and actually feeling that I would actually give a shit about it. Yeah. That's, then again, I might be talking about somebody else to bring something to the same role, but that's that's the vibe I got. If, if it yeah. wasn't you, it might have been uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, the final third kind of wraps up a bit conveniently. Little bit soap opery, like a wee bit soap opery, but it's there's lots to like in it, there's lots to enjoy in it, particularly Florence Pugh's performance because she is, just, like I said, the anchor of it. But definitely not a bad film. Um, I was Mr. Freeman, enjoyed... and it was Freeman. Freeman's good. Freeman, at one point, he swears and it totally took me jail off guard. Like, he, he swears in a really sort of it's not like in a fun, sort of like throwaway way, mm. it's a real nasty swear he does towards this character. And it was like hearing your granddad swear from the you're like, oh my oh. god, like, it really was like <laughs> But the character it makes total sense in the moment and the and the character would, would swear. Yeah. But I just felt oh my god, I don't I mean I must have heard uh, Morgan Freeman yeah, swear yeah. before. Yeah, we've heard yeah, we have thought, quite a lot probably. Probably but, probably yeah. I mean, he's in like seven and stuff like that, so I'm sure he has. But as you say, it's more than a conversational or a throwaway way, do you know what I mean? Whereas this sounds quite like kind of true, this this one that he's done. That's, yeah. This came from anger. Yeah, this came from <laughs> of like a real meanness. Um, so it was, it was quite, it was quite, but he is very good. He's Morgan Freeman. He does seem more engaged in this than I have seen him in a lot of films recently. I feel yeah. a lot of films recently he has been, yeah. unfortunately, maybe try to pick up the paycheck, bump his retirement fund up, all that kind of stuff, and leave money. I he's think stuck. He's saying yes to a lot of jobs. It's like Cage. It's like you either get the caricature of Cage or yeah. you get Cage and kind of Freeman's doing it now you get the caricature that you know to be Morgan Freeman but then you get the odd film where he's like you know when he's engaged it's like yeah, uh, yeah there's, there's, I think from what I've, what I've seen he obviously worked with Braff a few times now he sometimes maybe he likes Braff maybe that's mm. what it is and he sort of enjoys what he's doing so yeah mm. he was good in it I enjoyed him in it the young girl Celeste O'Connor playing the, the young daughter she's also very good in it as well so I liked it I was surprised at how much I liked it I really went in with unfortunately a bit of a negative attitude based on some of the Braff stuff I've seen before plus the reviews for this were pretty scathing as well so I don't think it's it getting a lot of very love. soft weren't yeah. they quite soft yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a solid, I gave it 7 out of 10. It's a very yep. solid 7 out of 10. Tyler, uh, can I film you may watch, I wouldn't, if I seen the cinema, I'd probably be a little bit meaner on it. Mm. I think watching at home on like a Friday night or like a Saturday afternoon or whatever, you know, rainy day, that makes it a bit more watchable, I would say. Cool, I shall endeavour to try and watch them. Yes, so, definitely so, watch Sold. Yeah. 
sold on that one. Next one I'm watching, Colin, is one that's on Disney Plus. So you can mm. watch this one as well. And it's called Peter Pan and Wendy. Um, directed by David Lowry, um, who did things like Eight Name Body Saints, The Green Knight, which I don't think did you like The Green Knight or do you not like The Green Knight? I despised it. Lorraine liked it a lot. Yeah. I thought it was like I, liked, I loved it a lot. You liked it. Um, yeah. He done Peach Dragon, which we both which liked. Which we both liked, yes. Yes, we both loved a lot. Um, he also had a ghost story, which I remember I was having a real argument over a ghost story. Do you remember that one? We, we liked it, scene. and Andy didn't like it, remember? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, Andy thought it was pretentious art house nonsense, and we were yeah. like, no, it was yeah. a deep film, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is, he's a director who, you can't really pin him down. He's, mm. got, a, he's got a very kind of wide body, and sort of, he, he can do the art house stuff, he can do the sort of like you know indie thriller he can also do this disney thing he's got going on you know with peach dragon and moving yeah, on to this, and this yeah. very yeah. interesting director i'm, I'm finding quite intriguing um so for this one it's very much the peter pan story um but it's given the proper title which the original book was called peter pan and wendy if he's given the proper title i didn't know that i just yeah. know it's called peter pan yeah. no it's peter pan and wendy and you also know wendy was the first time that name was ever written down in english language i tell you yeah i knew that which is nuts isn't it like yeah it seems like, it sounds like what 19 30s, something like that. 20s or 30s, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it feels like it's, I know it's an old name, it feels like it should, it should be around for a lot longer than that. Because it feels like an old person's name. Do you know what I mean? You would, you could imagine, like, fucking somebody in the, the 1700s being called Wendy. Do you know called Wendy. But he basically invented the name Wendy. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's like, so it's Peter Pan comes back to, to London, takes Wendy and the two bras off the Neverland, um, where they encounter Captain Hook. And, Who's a big old dick. Um, and <laughs> the fight between them is so. It's, it's a Peter Pan film. We've, yeah. we've all seen it. We all yeah. know what it is. It's it's taking that. It's not doing what the Jungle Book did and just taking like the, the Jungle Book cartoon and doing it live action. Mm. It's not taking just like, you know, like, um, who was it? Lion King done that. It just took the Lion yeah. King, just done it. This is, it's a, re, it's, a, it's a retelling of the Peter Pan story, but it's not trying to do shot for shot or anything of the Disney cartoon. Okay. Um, I think what makes it Disney is they've got songs in it, like sort of like chants and stuff in it, so that brings it in. Right. I think the way Peter Pan dresses is sort of Disney owned. Yeah. You yeah. know, the green and the yellow belt and stuff like that. It's Disney. Bell of cap, shit like that, yeah. That kind of shit's Disney, yeah. whereas like the Peter Pan character isn't always like that. So, yeah. um, anything, you've got Jude Law playing Captain Hook. Yeah. You've got um, Ever Anderson plays Wendy, who is Mila Jehovich's daughter. Okay, okay, okay. And he's and also uh, Paul W. S. Anderson. It's yeah, okay. Um, okay. No, not, not Paul W. S. Anderson. Just one oh, directed Event Horizon. Yeah, and all yeah. the zombie films. Yes. Yes. It's their, it's their daughter, and she looks the exact double of young Mila. Does she? Oh well. Oh yeah. Okay. Quite, 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 quite the thing. Um, <laughs> Alexander Maloney plays um, Peter Pan. Um, you got Jim Gaffigan, the comedian. He plays Smee. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Molly Parker plays Mrs. Darling. I think Wendy yeah. Darling. Wendy Darling. Yeah, Mrs. Darling. And Alan Turok plays Mr. Darling. Who's Tinkerbell? Oh, I think it's like a TikTok star or something. Please, Tinkerbell. I didn't know who she was, to be honest. Right, okay, that's interesting. Isn't she's it? a mute character in this one. It's not like Hook where she talks. Oh yeah, she, she talks. Speak. Yeah, because Pink in Disney, she's mute as well. She's mute as well, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've got such a crush on Tinkerbell, it's not healthy. It's a weird thing, you remember this? It's, you would think it was very odd. Damn. Oh. <laughs> very, keep, very strange. I would keep her in a jar and do beastly yes. stuff. Every night. Every night. So, this is... Um, 
like much like oh well David Lowry stuff this is beautifully shot mm. if you remember how, how good Peach Dragon looked Peach Dragon looked amazing this is much yeah. the same he's stripped it back to the idea that when um, C.S. it wasn't C.S. Lewis J.M. Barry, yeah, Barry yeah. wrote Peter Pan he wrote it while he was on Sky a lot of it Okay. So his Neverland essentially was like Sky. That's what he sort of based the, the the sort of geography and the sort of the look of Neverland was on Sky. Okay. And this has that feel. I think they shot it in Canada and the Faroe Islands. But right. Obviously, kind of similar geography too. Yeah. To Sky. Yeah. So it has, which it's different from what you expect. Neverland. It has less of a fairy tale feel about it. But it's how it, it would be. Yeah. It feels a bit. It feels real, but not real. Yeah. You know, it still it still feels like it's, it's a dull world, but it doesn't feel quite as like you know the way it does in like the, the Hook film, where it feels completely mm. separate. And yeah. I'm not despite I love Hook. I think yeah. it's a film I love with a kid. Um, but it feels less of a fairy tale land and more of a sort of the way Hellboy almost exists in like a different world. Yeah, yeah. Like like that. yeah. It's, a, it's a world beyond ours, but it's still part of ours. If that still, makes sense. Yeah. Um. So it looks beautiful the way it's shot. Um. Good Law brings a lot to the pathos of Hook. They actually kind of give him, they give him a redemption story, but it's not really a redemption story. It's just sort of, they just add a layer of context to who Hook is. Yeah. Almost to the point they make Pan out to be, could be equally a bad guy as well. An antagonist. Yeah. Right. Know, like Pan takes children from their home and brings them to this yeah. place. He essentially kidnaps children. Yeah, totally. I come, yeah. come, come with me. He's like, no, oh, Tyson, come on, come with me. It's a wee bit fucked up. He has a wee bit fucked up, and Hook has that sort of perception of Pan mm. as well. So it's, it's a bit, you kind of go, oh, is Peter Pan the villain of this story? Possibly. He's enticing him with magic powder. Come on, yeah. Yeah, that's stuff. But then the idea of, like, you know, you, any, you know, the idea of being, like, young forever and ever. Yeah. That, that sort of the, the dream of more people have, you know, to stay young forever. Um, so it's, it's very quite. It's, it's I, I think it's all, from what I've read. I've not read the book, but apparently from what other people have told me, this film actually holds a lot truer to the book mm. than, than other Peter Pan retellings. So I think all this stuff is in the book. It's just not really been put on film as much before because it's a better story of you know, mm. you know, young boy beat big pirate. It, I, like that. That. I like that. I like that idea, but it does. It gives Hook a bit of humanity. Do you know what I mean as well? What? Yes. Yeah. Um, she plays up. She plays Wendy amazingly as well. I've really enjoyed her as Wendy, and she essentially is the main character. It could just be called Wendy rather than Peter Pan and Wendy, because Peter because Pan disappears for a good like sort of third of the movie. Right. When it becomes essentially her story and, and her like sort of. Neverland experience, so it really is all about her, and she's the main protagonist of the story. So, and she does it brilliantly well. I really enjoyed her. Um, I liked a lot of the casting. They didn't go for the usual white boy casting. It's, it's sort mm. of it's inclusive. Um, more eclectic, yeah. yeah. More eclectic. And they Tiger Lily, a uh, Native American, for the first time, which was nice. Well, you know, cool. yeah. Which was yeah, which maybe maybe too long in coming. Um, Fuck yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time since that's um, in fact ever, I'm going to say. Um, but I really dug it. I, I thought it was a really sweet, well told, beautifully sort of framed movie. I just I thought it was a, a really interesting take. Not it's an interesting take on a take that's always it probably has been done before, but yeah. it felt different. because like, I kinda when you saw that when you see this idea of like Disney redoing its classics, you, you do get a wee bit of a kind of like uh yeah. about it, don't you? But Yeah, I was, I was gonna bring that up and say it managed to catch the, the Little Mermaid trailer and it, what you yeah. said, it just seems like they've taken the cartoon and 
seen, seen, yeah. seen, and it's like there's more to it than that, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you own it, do more with it. Do you know what I mean? Fucking yeah. hell. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. it sounds it's good that this is fucking shying away for that and thinking, let no, let's you know use. Yeah. But I'm just, I find, I'm just really fascinated by what Lowry does. He just seemed to really, like, I, I directly can't really pin down. Yeah, and it, definitely. So I'm not interested in what he does next. Yeah, see what he can turn his hand to. Um, no, he's interested, because Peace Dragon blew me away. I mean, you watched oh, it. You we're both both like, wow, film, do you yeah. know what I mean? Just blow, and everything he's done is, is, as you say, it's different. So he's, he's definitely, he's not scared to think, I'm going to fucking do this. And, yeah, so he's not like it. Like, for example, you didn't like the Green Knight, but you yeah. can appreciate what something it, it looks amazing. Oh, oh yeah, cinematography. Cool. I think we'd have an, an Oscar poster of talking, didn't it? Yeah. So, stuff like that. You can see that the man's his vision's there, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Mm-hmm. And doing Absolutely. that on a budget as well. I mean, I think from what I've seen, I don't think this was a massive budget for Disney. I think it was actually real because it, it feels like it's just it's shot in a few key places as well. So it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's just been let's go everywhere. You know, it yeah. does feel they have been curtailed by some level of budget. Yeah. But no, it's uh, it, this is one I actually would really have liked to have seen on the big screen if it, yeah. it didn't get released. Because it had that epic scale to it and it would have looked good on like a big massive screen because it's, it's big long sweeping shots of like Faroe Islands Neverland and like, you know, mm. Canada Neverland, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. It, it looks stunning. It would have been interesting to see it on the big screen. It would have been sort of encompassing on the big screen. It's a bit of a shame it's not went there. I am going to, okay, I'm going to watch this. This isn't, I'll try it. I will watch this. Yes, on Disney. You've got your favourite Disney. It's there. Watch it. Watch it before you rate it. Um, what's your favourite Peter Pan film? I think Hook. I'm the same as well. I know. I saw, I know. Hook, at right, I saw Hook at the right age. Like I saw. I mean, that came out in what ninety six. I think it was Jesus that. time. Yeah. But I seen it, it, so I was the right age for that. But obviously, I was older when I seen it, and it's, it's my favourite Pan film as well. It's the one and film that, that Spielberg is a kicking for, see, more than any other film. People shout at it, and I'm like, why? It's yeah. a fucking great film. Do you know I mean, Robin Williams at his best, Dustin fucking Hoffman. Do you know what I mean? Fucking yeah. Bob Hoskins, they're chewing it up. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, oh, I think it's great. That's what I was going to say. The one thing I did think it lacked as well was there wasn't quite the same banter level between Hook and Shmi. Shmi, yeah. It yeah. wasn't quite the same. They didn't really in, like, get into each other in the same way that, like, you know, when it's Hoffman and um, Hoskins. Or... Again, sorry. Oh, Hoskins, Hoskins. Oh, yeah. them together, like, you can feel it. You can feel like the, the there's chemistry there. Yeah, bounce off each other. Yeah, this might have been part of the maybe COVID. Maybe they weren't in scenes enough together, um, but it didn't really feel like there was that kind of level of the same level like an intricacy in the character at that point. Yeah. But there's some nice wee moments, but not enough. Out of ten, sir. Seven. Whoa. Okay. Two sevens from from Richard. Two sevens. Richard yes. had a good week. So. <laughs> I've had a good week of the movies actually. Um. And we're now going to one of actually at the movies, still in the movies. Um, if you can get a chance to see it, go and see it. Um, and that is a film called The Pope's Exorcist, um, directed by Julius Avery, who directed Overlord. Oh, are you okay? The, the, yeah, the, remember the Werewolf World War Two movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, right. I've got, I've got you now. This is based on the true story, Colin. The very true story of a man who held the position of the exorcist of the Vatican's exorcist, basically the mm. Pope's exorcist. He would be dispatched by the Vatican to go out and 
um, you know, do exorcisms. Kick he himself kick some demon ass, yeah. <laughs> he would um he himself says ninety eight percent of what he sees is bullshit and it's rubbish. But it's that two percent man, that's that's the that that's, makes it interesting, that's, you know. Was it is did they not do I've recorded as doing over ten thousand exorcisms. I want to say something you like have, that. So, you've undersold this man. I believe it was a hundred thousand exorcisms. A man, man <laughs> been doing them in his sleep, man. He's been undertaking. I've read a wee bit about this man. This man actually fascinates me. Um, he was a French, um, like sort of freedom fighter during World War Two. He was right. a sort of a partisan fighter um, in the underground and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So his priesthood and exorcism stuff—that's his second career. It's nuts. And he he wasn't enough. doing this at the very start. He was like, he, I think he became a, a priest maybe in his thirties, and then become the pope. So still, he's like about in his fifties. How the fuck? So, I mean, the guy was um, taking a shit and be like, yeah, demon, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like he's doing that unless he was doing them on mass. I don't know how he was doing like he's doing it like a big football uh, stadium. Like fucking some special channel you tune into. And, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's nuts, man. I don't know. I thought ten thousand seemed like about a stretch. Even fucking hell. <laughs> Yes, hundred thousand. So you've got a lot of books out. If you find one, give me a read. Um, <laughs> so in this film, he's dispatched to Spain, where a young boy has been inhabited by a demon, and he's there to try and cast the demon out. And in that, he finds out that the, the church from it's, it's based, or sorry, sitting upon, where the demon is sort of holed up, is like part of the Spanish Inquisition and sort of a dark period in the church's past. Okay. Uh, so um, that's the film about. Um, in the film, you've got Russell Crowe playing. The Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> Sorry, man. Committing fully to the accent, which you have to give Mr. Crow absolute credit for it. Oh, um, Russell, he's brilliant. He's no scared yeah, of anything. I'm enjoying this second. I'm enjoying this. Like, if this is like maybe third wave Russell, because we've had like the indie Aussie stuff, then his big budget gladiator stuff. Now we get third wave Russell. Madness, just, just fuck yeah. it. I'll, yeah, I'll do it. Okay, what, 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 yeah. do you know what the script is, Russell? No, fucking do it anyway. Just. <laughs> Point the camera at me. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. um, also in the film, you've got um, some people I don't really know who they are, but I'll give them a name. So Daniel Zavato plays another priest in it, sort of like the apprentice priest. For for okay. one, for every one, there must be an apprentice. Um, you've got Alex Esso plays the mother of the young boy, um, uh, who's who's been uh, what's the word? Redeeming identity. It's like sort of taken over type thing. Yeah, and possessed. Yeah, yeah. Possessed. Thank that's the word. Uh, and also Franco Nero plays the Pope. All right, okay. Yeah, get that. He's basically playing John Paul II, but not playing John Paul II, but he's totally playing John Paul II. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I get get that. So, I had a fuck ton of fun with this. I actually really enjoyed this. If you can enjoy, if you can't enjoy, sorry, if you cannot enjoy Russell Crowe, the size of the Russell Crowe man is, on a Vespa scooter, with a big flowing cape <laughs> careering through the Spanish countryside towards an excellent. If you don't find joy and fun in that, then honestly, I don't know what's what's fun you, for you. Yeah, you have no you have no perspective in your life. Sort yourself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He, he's playing it. He's playing it very straight. But by all accounts, the man himself was a guy who said he used humour to beat a demon because demons don't like laughter. So he plays it with a real wink and a nod and a real kind of like a wryness to it. Right. So he is playing it straight, but playing it for jokes at times. Which I think totally works. Okay. Some of the horror stuff, it does, it works really well. I actually thought the horror, the horror stuff was really well done. The young kid who's possessed is genuinely quite fucked up. Yeah. Um, it has a real kind of like Linda Blair esque ness to it. Um, again, you've still got you know people making dumb decisions and people yeah. 
and also people believing things way too quickly. If that makes you know, so like you know, yeah. priest says your kids possessed. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh, no, it doesn't. It. No. That's not that's not thing you should go first time around. You know, that, so, straight to demons. Straight to demons. Um, but I'm not going to spend too long on it. But on that, I fucking enjoyed the show. This I genuinely really thought it was a lot of fun, and I would happily watch if they make a Frank because apparently making a sequel. I am all in for the Russell Crowe Pope's Exorcist um, franchise. I've heard it's very tropey. Um, yes, you know, it ticks every Exorcist movie box. It ticks every all the oh, boxes. Yeah, twenty percent. But what, what Exorcist movie doesn't? That's that's the point. I mean, that's what it's you're going to see. Is a huge shadow. It's a massive shadow that film casts. So he's like, he's yeah. like making a shark movie now. Yeah, you you're, you're going to be like, you know compared to Jaws. You know you yeah. make a. Yeah. You make this film, you're going to be you're making a possessed film, or it's like The Exorcist. Then, well, no, it's not, but yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, and this, and like anything else, there's bad versions of doing that same film. Yeah. But if you can do it right, you can make it interesting and make it fun and make it enjoyable. Then it, it's a good film. And this, and uh, Avery does enough for that to make it a very watchable, enjoyable film. And he's got see well, but Russell Crowe. Sometimes his choices in films are, are odd. Sometimes the choices of films he makes are odd. But the man has got like that movie star. Oh yeah, Crow's yeah. a box office. Yes, yeah. even, even now, do you know I mean, if you want to stick Crow's name in a movie, and you'll fucking double your your, your gross on it easily. Yeah, yeah. the man yeah. is still extremely watchable. I mean, and it doesn't seem like because I've seen some of these films, you've seen them as well, where you get like a big star in a horror film, and they seem totally disengaged with it. They're doing it as a job, and they can't yeah. be fucked. Yeah. He seems absolutely involved and invested and enjoying the shit of what he's doing and that makes a massive difference as well i think i want to see this now i was really on the fence for this one but you're making me really want to see this um the only the the one thing i don't like about possession movies in general not not just this one um all of them is that they always do the shit where you get like the, the head spinning and all that and it's like no that'll kill you you can't, you can't, you can't turn a human head. There's around. a head spin in this, I won't lie. There's a head spin in this. But it go, and it goes back to the Exorcist. It's just like all that yeah. shit. No, you, you, you don't. Demons, you're possessed or not, you can't just. That's an anatomy doesn't work like that. That's always yeah. annoyed me. I'm like, I no. I don't think they have the vomiting in this. Mm. I think that's in it. And I don't up, think top. anyone fucks themselves with a crucifix. That doesn't happen either. Crawling <laughs> up walls. Don't think there's much of that. It's more like he's the body. He's sort of moving around a lot. Yeah. And sort of like he can, any his possession can like sort of he's got strength to like overawe yeah. people. Yeah, that kind of thing. I yeah, want, I so, want to see this. You're a prick. You're it's, it's very. I mean, like I said, <laughs> do not go in expecting the greatest horror film ever made. Yeah, like by mm-hmm. any stretch, it's, it's definitely not that. But for ninety, maybe I think it's about hundred minutes long. For a hundred minutes. It is fully entertaining, and I had no problem whatsoever. And I'm all I'm all for these kind of films that maybe cost like say twenty million to make, you know. Yeah. And just it not, it not it, I'm I'm hundred percent all for this, you know. Just a really enjoyable film that knows exactly what it is, does play to the crowd in many ways. But you know what? What film doesn't? That's the point. Yeah, it's like yeah. you make a film to get seen. Do you know what I mean? To do that, yeah. and you give people. They're going to go and say, yeah, get it. No, I, I do get it. Um, out of ten, sir. I'm I give it six and a half. Six oh, and a half. Richard, you fucking bigged it up, man. Give it a seven. Go on. I, I, Recant. Repent, demon. Give it a seven. I, think, <laughs> I probably could give it a seven. I'm trying to give it a seven because I don't, 
I don't think it's quite as good as the other film I've watched this week, but I really I could have a reason not to give it a seven, so I probably should give it a seven rather than a six Yay, and a half. Right, there you go. <laughs> so I enjoyed it immensely. Enjoyed Russell, it immensely. you can thank me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Russell will probably engage me on Twitter as well. Russell likes to talk to people on Twitter. He's very much the man who does get involved. On I'm trying to think if I've ever had a tweet for Russell, I don't think I have. No. I have. He, he, he liked one of my tweets about um, Mastering Commander. Yeah, I, I try to think. I, maybe I have done one. Um, I do like Russell Crowe, don't we? I've I've got a lot of love for Russell Crowe, like unhealthy amount of love for Russell Crowe. Ever since Gladiator, Gladiator, love it. Gladiator, okay. Just love Gladiator a bit. It's just an amazing film. Beautiful. It's a great film. I'm a I love Ellie Confidential. Ellie Confidential. The only the only seen that last year. Remember, and I was like, fuck yeah, he's phenomenal in that film as well. And that's like that's his first American role, I think, as well. Yeah. What was um what was the one he done that I like the the water diviner. I enjoyed the fact that. Oh, yeah, you liked that one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I liked that as well. It's like just a proper story, do you know what I mean? Like, fucking hard times in the desert, just trying to make a living. Mm. Yeah, Crow's good, man, isn't he? That's that one good. he's looking for his son. As yeah, well. yeah. Yeah, his son was totally Gallipoli, wasn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was probably. Yeah, yeah. Crow. I think Master Command is my favourite profile. I think that's a phenomenal film that did that's not a... get the, the love that was that it was deserved. Yeah. I also thought he was one of the standout things about. We briefly touched on it um, earlier on, Love and Thunder, as well. <laughs> I mean, the, the yeah, accent he, is definitely questionable. He, stole, he, stole, he just came out and you're like, that's fucking Russell Crowe, is this? And he just, yeah, he yeah. just says, like, yeah, I'm fucking Russell Crowe, listen to me. And you're like, fuck, he stole it. And he just passed away. You're like, shit. <laughs> what, what is funny about that is, like, he was saying, he'd done, like, two verses. He'd done the English accent version, like, very sort of, like, you know, Shakespearean. Yeah. And he'd done, in his world, the Greek version. But that's not Greek. Basically, what he's doing there is Melbourne Greek. So Greece has got like, the biggest population of sorry, there was a big population of Greeks outside of like Athens. Like a ton of Greek immigrants went there. Okay. So what essentially he is doing is essentially like he's doing like the shopkeeper in still game. Right, okay. But, but the but Greek it, version of that. So it's it's it's, it's verging on racist is what I'm saying. It's, it's verging on that. It worked for the film perfectly store that he totally just fucking rocked in five minutes and swanned off and you're like, Yeah, Russell does that. Yeah, he's done. This is not five minutes, but it's a very enjoyable Russell Crowe film, so I I very much enjoyed it. I, I shall see this now. I don't know if we'll get it in the cinema, but I will endeavour to watch it as soon as oh. as soon as I can. I think he's done good business, so I think we will get more of the the Adventures of Russell Crowe as a Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, on to that, one that you touched on very briefly last week, and I will mm. get into more detail this week now that I've seen it. So that is Evil Dead Rises. It's a very horror-centric end to the, the pod. So we've got, directed by Lee Cronin, who directed a film called The Hole in the Ground. Yep. It was an Irish movie. He's an Irish director. I very much enjoyed that. And the plot of this one, Evil Dead, is same as Evil Dead film. Kids, this time, find a book. Um, oh, the evil dead, it's a bit of the dead. Um, <laughs> it unleashes the, the evil within, it inhabits the mother who then goes about terrorising her children and sister um, yeah. as they attempt to survive. The, the twist on this one is it's rather than set in a cabin in the woods, it is set in a, like, sort of a, a high rise that's about to get demolished, essentially. Yeah. So it's, yeah, um, and they're trying to find a way out of the building. So the, yeah. you know, the, the demon does what it can to keep them in the building. In the same way that the demon did it in Evil Dead when it destroyed the bridge and things like that. Ah, it's just, you, you're not going anywhere. You're fucking staying where I want staying, you to stay. Staying yeah. on this floor. Um, in the film, you've got Lily Sullivan. She plays the sort of main sister in it, who's sort of, um, who's sort of fighting the demon. Alyssa Sullivan, 
Um, I think she's in Vikings, I think, from what people told me. She's in uh, that yeah, show. I had a wee look and I've not seen her much at all. I think she's a model as well, predominantly, and then oh. she moved over to acting. Um, and yeah, I think Vikings is, is a big one for her. Her big thing. Yeah. Yeah. She plays the, the, the possessed um Yeah, mother. which, uh, which we'll both, get on to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've also got the kids are played by Noah Paul, Nell Fisher, Jaden Daniels, and Gabrielle Eccles. Gabrielle mm. Eccles, she plays uh, some at the start of the film who you see in a sort of a, a wee coda that sort of bookends the movie. Yeah. Um okay, so, you go last week, what did you think of this film? Uh and I've seen the very first trailer for this I, I was kind of cold to it and then brought a second trailer and it warned me and I was like right, cool I'm going to go in with you know good headspace give it a chance and yeah. I'm glad I did because I enjoyed the shit of it um, it kind of it knows understands the source material yeah it kind of you know it, it's somebody that, 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 that's taking the time to you know fucking Live those movies fan. and breathe them. Fans need the film. Yeah, yeah totally. He's got to understand. I think obviously having Raymond Campbell on hand as producers, if they, if they were involved in any way, probably helps as well. Heavily involved by all counties. Yes. Yeah, and that that comes across, but it, it genuinely captures the, the the world of Evil Dead. The, the kind of gore, yeah. the scares, the dread, and um, the, the, the grotesqueness. It, it it just embodies it all, and just you know, it, it kind of gives you what in your mind you want to see. It gives you, but yeah. in a dead linear storytelling way as well. Yeah, I mean, like when we watched it, like this is the best thing I say about it. It's an Evil Dead film in every way. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't feel not an Evil Dead. It feels like it's part of the Evil Dead world in every yeah. in every sense. It's got all the things that it needs to be. <coughs> it's an enjoyable rebooting of the fan franchise to some degree, and it hones very close to the sort of. What a fan would want. It doesn't yeah. try and deviate out the box very much. It's very Absolutely, much yeah. in the box. Um, to this point where Cronin almost echoes and copies Remy, which the, those moments become abundantly kind of boring because Remy does it better. Yeah. And it feels too much like a tribute act rather than yeah. like someone putting their own stamp on something. It feels like you're watching, even not a tribute, even not a tribute act, but like say your favourite band by a new lead singer. Yeah. No, I get it. No, I totally... It's all just about right, but it's just something not quite the same. Like yeah. the scene with the eyeball. I'm not going to go into video, but the scene with the eyeball. Remy done that better than Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that. Just those little moments you go, it's been done before and it's been done better. But yeah. I get why they put it in there because the fans expect it. Yeah. And I'd, I'd probably be disappointed if it wasn't in there. Do you know what I mean? As well. Which is bit, yeah. shit yeah. as a fan because you shouldn't, you know, it's. it's it's his movie, do you know what I mean? He's not that pander to me as a, as a fan, but obviously with him being a fan as well, he's pandered to his own whims as well, I guess. Yep. Um, but no, I get you. There's definite scenes in it, and you're like, yeah, Raymai would have done that this way. You can envision how it would oh, be. Ray Ray would do it. exactly the same, but he would do it a little bit more flash. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It, it, Just, again, but then I think we talked about last week where the way the way shot Evil Dead 2 is utter insanity. Yeah. And it, that's now became part of horror lore and horror, like, sort of genre. So mm. people who grew up watching that film and loving it will always try and copy it. So yeah. even in films that are not Evil Dead related, people do, like, the Sam Raimi shot, the Sam Raimi moment. Mm-hmm. So you don't call it out so much in a different horror film, but in this one, it's called Evil Dead. It becomes more sort of noticeable and you're kind of going, oh, shit, you're just copying what Sam Raimi did. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, this he's, one does, it's it's... I think it's going for Evil Dead 2, but it feels like to me it's much more Evil Dead 1. 
Oh yeah, yeah, oh, totally. It's, it's there's there's no there's no much humour in it at all. It's quite, it's not, quite it's serious. Very, yeah, yeah, you know, as as a straight horror movie. Um, the first one there was a few bits of humour, but yeah, the first one is it's quite creepy as fuck. Whereas the second one's you know, it, trying to make you laugh as well. Um, uh-huh. horrible, but you know, it's making you laugh. So and this is definitely more in line with the first one. A hundred percent. Don't, don't yeah. Doesn't do it at all. Um, the, the the I was going to touch on the actress who plays the mum. Is it what's her name? Um, Alyssa Sutherland. Alyssa. She is creepy as fuck. She's She's got a really good face for a deadite. Do you know what I mean? I don't. Mm. I, I, that sounds like being a dick. I'm not. She's uh-huh. she's stunning. Out of, you know, out of deadite makeup. She's a beautiful, beautiful mm. woman. But her face just works really well as a deadite. Do you know what I mean? It's just mm. quite. Fucking horrifying, do you know what I mean? Like you, you can come towards you and it's like, oh, I don't fucking like that. You know, so she yeah. was, I thought she was standout and she was absolutely brilliant, like captivating. I thought, I thought the um, the our sister in it was was enjoyable in it. She was yeah. kind of like me and Campbell. She was kind of like yeah. Campbell, screen queen kind of thing about her. I kept getting what's the girl's name that's in the one that's in the craft and the faculty. I kept get getting vibes of her from it. No, the, the, no, no, the kind of goffy one. Oh, yes. No, the kind of goffy one that was in the faculty. Kind of punky goffy girl. Clear the vow. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, re- yeah. Okay. real big the one, vibes of her. The ones you get the buns in them. Yeah, I almost, in, I, I almost thought it was her. Like fuck, is in when I first seen the trailers, I thought it was her. And then obviously, I'm like, no, she's been much fucking older she's now. Like 50 now <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know. But yeah, she's really, really like. Fucking hell, you know, separated. No, I, see, I, I get more Ned Campbell and um, and Scream vibes from her. That's what I got. Yeah, like, sort of this, like, I can girl see a wee bit of that now as well. Yeah, but no, she was good. The kids were all right, not a lot. The, the wee kid was really good. The other two were the, a bit. The wee yeah. kid was aye. I didn't like the boy. But aye, but meh. I uh, thought he was. I thought. I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't want to um, get shit towards kids acting. I feel like yeah. it's really unfair. Yeah. But he didn't convince me the same way. The the the, the middle sister. Was all right. Yeah, not a lot to the do. The young girl said was very good. I enjoyed her, yeah. but yeah. I the, the the boy just I wasn't entirely convinced by him. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, it was it was very weird and like they're they're taking Evil Dead into a bigger <coughs> world, but it's still uh-huh. contained within. Felt very small, which I thought two or three rooms. Yeah, it was just you know it's still all set in the apartment, although you're in a city in a complex. It's like no, you're yeah. you're in a fucking you know four walls and. That's it. So that, that was got. Absolutely amazing apartment I've got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> amazing apartment, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, how, how, how do we make this bigger? Like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, some really creepy moments. But as I said last week, I do feel a bit cheated because I would say 80% of the horror parts, the main parts, are all in the trailer. The, 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 the only bit it was in the trailer that got me was a cheese grater. Yeah, that wasn't, yeah. Um, that was that was in the, it. But that they, could have went, they could have went nuts with that, or they could have done so much more. Oh, so much more. They could have really fucked up stuff. Oh. Because I think I knew someone told me that there's a cheese grater moment in it, so I've mm. been waiting for it. Mm. And I thought there was like at least a moment. I thought it might have come in before that moment, like particularly when she gets infected. I thought, oh, is, it, is she going to try and do something with that cheese grater? Yeah. That's what I thought was going to come in. Um, the gore is good though. The gore is proper, like sort of comedy, not comedy, but sort of over the top evil oh. gore. Buckets and, points, like, yeah. the, the bloody elevator is pretty badass as well and yeah. stuff like that, you know, they're kind of, 
Definitely kind of a stuff. love letter to there's a few love letters to like kind of Kubrick and stuff like that in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Jaws one as well at the very start. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that was good. Um, a lot of the body horror delivers as well. I really enjoyed like the voice from like her physicality. I thought it was really yeah, good. Yeah, the kind of popping and cracking. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And move, and the way had, she moves is creepy as fuck. Let's see, she was a great dead eye. She nailed it as a dead eye. And I had what, a couple. I had a couple of kind of decent Winston moments. You kind of like you kind of look away a little bit. There's a couple of moments like that that really got like they, yeah. not the ones you expect. Just something something really simple sometimes gets you. Yeah. You know. The thing that looks just sore, but like, oh, that was like the yeah. one of the scissors up the nose really got me. That wasn't nice, was it? Was that was, it? That um, was really unpleasant. The, the, the bit I didn't like, and it's in the trailer, and I've seen the trailer a dozen times because you understand it so much, and I didn't like it then in the film. I was like, I still don't like this. Is it any, many, many more? But that's fucking horrible. That's creepy. It's, yeah. That's evil, dead, creepy. That That's proper you know, channeling the fuck out and it's just horrible. It's like pure simple, but it's like, oh you bastard. Oh. Well listening to Raimi talking about um and he was saying like there's a couple of things an Evil Dead film has to have. It's got to have a shotgun and a chainsaw. Yeah. Always. It's got to have the, it's got to have a book of the dead. Mm-hmm. And it's got to have the deadites. But the deadites have to not they can't just be zombies. They're not zombies. They enjoy the torture of their victim. Oh yeah. They fuck with and you. And that yeah. came across with that eeny meeny that was sort of like the, the torture aspect. The only thing I would say maybe set this film a little bit back was about a year ago with that film Barbarian with the sort of the crazy mother in it. Yeah. That maybe I'm sure when this came out they're going to fuck. Why did you have to do that? Because it feels like it's treading similar ground a little bit. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think I don't think they're, I don't think they're copying it or anything. Mm. I think this film was well in production before that came out, but it felt they're probably going. Damn it! You've kind of stolen a little bit of thunder. Yeah. No, it definitely takes edge off it a wee bit. Um, yeah. But no, I, I enjoyed it. I thought I was going to enjoy it anyway, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I was. Yes. Going. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd rate it above 2013 remake because I enjoyed the fuck out of that as well. I, I was talking this. Yeah, I think I enjoyed that one more. I think so as well. Yeah, yeah. But this isn't a bad film, though. I don't think. No, by no, by no stretch, it's a bad movie. By no stretch, yeah. if anything, Evil Dead has now got three, oh, sorry, five very solid. Movies. Aye, and it's, aye. and it's and it's it's not like it's not like it's not like um the Friday the Thirteenth run where there's like a, there's a couple of real real bad bad ones in that. <laughs> yeah, this like is like it. if anything maybe like probably this is probably I would say the one I'd probably watched again rarer mm. but still enjoyable. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, no, you can almost like Army Dance is almost not a horror film. Nonsense, mental. It's funny. Um, it's, yeah. it's got horror elements, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah, so, so. yeah. Um, so I, it's a very solid franchise, and I think what a good thing this this film was. There's a role in this film where it easily could have been Bruce Campbell. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Mhm. Mhm. As soon as you have Bruce Campbell in it, then you expect Bruce Campbell to be in it. Yeah. Not having him in it made more sense. Yeah. I think. I think. Did so. you see his cameo? Or did you hear his cameo? I heard the cameo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah yes. I heard no car as well. I know it's not. No, I know it's not. It's not a remake film anyway. So, but that's a fair point, yeah. But but yeah, don't, no no car. So the first Evil Dead film not to have the car on it. Was well. it like the last Evil Dead? It was, yeah. I can't remember what it was on it, but yeah, it was on that one. Yeah, but I'm no. going to bet it was in the parking lot somewhere. Probably, probably, but yeah, it's weird. I have to, I have to Google this to find out if he's in the parking Do, lot. It must be in the parking lot. 
do do some research, see see what you yeah. find. Um, but no, it's, it's not in there. But no, I I thoroughly enjoy this. It's an Evil Dead fan. Um, that they've served me well. So they have absolutely, yeah. absolutely, definitely. As a fan of the Evil Dead and you were like video games, comic books, the character in general, I I, I enjoyed everything it gave me. TV show, everything, yeah, love it all. Yeah, um, love it all. I think I would rate this um, eight, seven and a half, eight out of ten. I give it a seven. I'm going. I'm going to go all sevens across the board this week. You, you have been very, very sevenish, aren't you? So you look yeah. fucking yeah. Um, no, I'll, I'll I'll go seven and a half. Like, let's elevate it. Yeah, yeah, because I enjoyed it, and I yeah. do hope that because I think it's doing quite well, and hopefully it'll kind of spawn. One more, hopefully, with the same director as well. That'd be nice. I like to see Cronin does again. Um, yeah. I think he's definitely got talent. Um, maybe like to see if he does it next time to do an Evil Dead film but put his own stamp upon it. Yeah, in the same way that, for example, um, Michael B. Jordan did with Creed, Creed yeah. 3, continuing the franchise on and continuing the characters on and continuing the sort of like the, the, the ethos of it on, but just bringing something a little bit fresher that, that makes it your own. Yeah, I, I like to that. Weirdly, maybe it's going to take Raymond and Campbell to step back. That to happen. Well, see, I think they step back more on the last Evil Dead yeah. than they did on this one. By all accounts, I think. I mean, I'm maybe mixing up, but I think you almost need them on it to give it some sort of legitimacy. Like, think about, think about the Halloween films. What Halloween films do we remember? It's like yeah. it's a, one and two. Yeah. yeah, it's the ones with Carpenter's name involved in it somewhere. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It, it, he's a, like you know he was on <coughs> H two. I think as a producer, I think he was yeah. on all of the the most recent. Even though the most recent three aren't that yeah. great, he's on as a, he does the music for them, and he's on as mm. a producer. I think possibly. Yeah. So we don't remember the Rob Zombie one because he's only he's on it in a sense of characters created by by nothing else. I it, it's not. His movies anymore? Yeah, no, I get yeah. you, I get you. But no, but I, I hope that that springboards more Evil Dead shenanigans because it's always it's always a fucking fun time anyway. And yeah, Cronin to, to he's, I like Cronin a lot, so for this will propel one to bigger things again. We have a producer doing research for us, Colin now, um, and she's informed me that the car is the the Oldsmobile is not in. Evil Dead Rise, but apparently the chainsaw is the same colour as ah, as the car. Yeah. The car. Yeah. Um, that seems a bit of cool. a stretch. Yeah, it's a nice wee note. I guess it's a wee wink. There you go. Yeah, yeah, If you know, if you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you know. Um, now we know, and we'll take that secret to the grave. Yes. Um, anyway, so that is <laughs> us for this week. Calls it next week. You've already seen it, but I've not seen it, so you're not going to talk about it because I'm going to talk about it with you. And okay. that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. All I shall say so, at this moment is you will have a wheel of a time, sir. Well, I'm that's looking all. forward. That's all. I've been I enjoyed the hell out of the first one. I was a little bit more up and down on the second one. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to the, the conclusion of this trilogy. Yeah, we do love the Guardians. Yeah, <coughs> we do. We yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy to see. I just think it's I just think it hilarious that it was on the first take of the first day of shooting that they decided that Nebula wouldn't have an Inverness accent. How cool would that have been? That, I, mean, that, that, I, I think it would have been amazing. Like, literally, it was in the first shot, they went, normal accent? And they went, no, like, make it more deadpan. She went, all right, okay. And she'd done yeah. it. And, like, we were so close to having an Invernessian nebula. And, and, <laughs> I think. 
I know the Inverness accent's a bit kind of softer than ours, but in general, Scottish can be quite aggressive sounding. Do you imagine, yeah, imagine Nebula being, you know, like, I'm going to fucking smash your mouth in. Do you know what I mean? I'll fucking stab you. <laughs> the same way we had the Irish boy, Barry Keown, playing the Irish god. Uh, I kind of like the idea of a, a Scottish Nebula. Uh, For some reason, Thanos story seeds somewhere in like the fucking islands of Scotland. <laughs> what he came out was Nebula. <laughs> I don't. I would, I would buy it a second, sir. I, I would buy it. I, I would be there for all the way. Is there Scottish in the Marvel films yet? Apart from yeah, the um, James Madden. He was um, the, the, the green boy in the Eternals. When it comes no, to the blue one. Oh, yeah, he's got a Scottish accent. Yeah. He's right. right. It's maybe about his frog in the beach one. He's like, I love you. But he whispers, yeah, he's whispering sweet, sweet. Oh, boy, the, guy played, the guy who played the bodyguard, or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. He was in Rocketman. Yeah, he's got a... Scottish. Scottish, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'll have to go back you, and check you that. Need I don't to think um, I'm trying to think. Is there anyone else? I, no, I think, I think he's a, he's he's our only, our only true accent. So, so, so far, I'll have to research that. Um, I don't know if the producers can do it while we're chatting. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so he's is it is Richard Madden? No, it's Richard Madden. Richard it? Madden, that's his name. Yeah, he played, yeah. Like, he was in the film called the, he was in the TV show The Bodyguard or something, wasn't uh, he? Game of Thrones as well, obviously. He's, Game of Thrones as well, yes. Yeah. But yeah, he 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 does feel Scottish and um, it's a bit weird on the sexy sex in a Marvel movie. That was shocking. Uh, on the beach, getting it on, and he's whispering sweet nothing's under the ear, and it's all Scottish, um, romantic as well. Yeah. Surprising. I don't, I, I don't remember that. I don't really yeah. remember much in the channels, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like Tertianos. And I feel that Marvel's forgotten about it. In fact, I've not, no one's actually mentioned the giant fucking god thing poking out the sea. That's not yet been re-mentioned again in any Marvel film. Let's push back then again. I just, I just forget about the Marvel yeah, thing. Yeah, anyway. going to fucking push that back in yeah. again. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's pretty much the main event this week. There's nothing is much it, else Is there out. nothing else out? No, no. Nothing else out. I think we'll have to move look on Disney Plus and things okay, to that. Okay, well, Right, there is one on Sky that, that I insist that we both watch in. It's it I don't know the name of it, but Rebecca Hall's in it. So we need to watch it because it's got Rebecca Hall in it. Um, I mean, I'm all for Rebecca Hall films. We are all, because Rebecca Hall's become... become my favourite. She is, she is. I, I, I'm totally a big fan of Rebecca Hall. Let me see. I I can't think Hall. Is that Sky Cinema, The Listener? Is that what it's called? Um. Yeah, I think so. Is it? I think it might be a Sky one as well, possibly. We're getting into dodgy ground here, Colin. This one follows a helpline volunteer who's part of a small army that gets a phone call every night, feeding calls from all kinds of people feeling lonely and broken. I could do that. Let me just see if I'm thinking of the right form here. Right, by Steve no, Buscemi. no, no. The one before it, Resurrection. Sorry, is the one it's Resurrection. Sky. Yeah. Margaret's life is in order. She is capable, disciplined, successful. Everything is under control until David returns. That is carrying him the horrors of Margaret's past. I've watched this already. Have you? And we've talked about this. Bastard. Did we? It's a very good film. It's it's, it's a very twisted movie. I would say. I, well, I, I want to watch it. You've now got me intrigued about the other one you said though. Steve Buscemi, director of a film called The Listener. Right, I'm down with that as well. Um, yeah. Well, I'll watch Resurrection, and that's homework for me. I'll, I'll that's homework for you. Yes, you watch Resurrection. Because Rebecca Hall completely fascinates me, so I will definitely yes. watch that. Um, so, well, yeah. 
Tell me what the thing is, Colin. You can, I'm not, you, we don't do email. Fucking don't email us, right? I, I don't, no one cares. Uh, we're on um, Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we're on Instagram as the number three beers in a movie. So, yeah, look us up and, and tell us what you're Chili Daddy, Chili Sam Raymond, what, what's your thoughts on it? Did you spot the blue chainsaw? I didn't spot the blue chainsaw. I didn't, I didn't spot the blue chainsaw either. I'd, I'd just seen a chainsaw and I was like, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah, talk to us. Let us know and interact. Interact. That's it. It's a two-way street. Two-way street. So let us know what you think. I've been calling. You've been Richard, and we have been three beers in a movie.